The countdown's on, MP. Damo, the biggest and best wellness summit ever is fast approaching. Don't miss out on the entertainment. The education. The edutainment that is the wellness summit. Featuring for the very first time at the summit, the Merrymaker sisters, Carla and Emma Pappas, and the 2013 bachelor himself, the incredible chiropractor and sharp mover, Mr. Tim Robards, plus all of your wellness couch favorites. And wait for it, Damo. All 22 podcasts on the couch will be in attendance at the summit. Wow. So take your digital wellness couch experience and make it a real life one at the transformational, inspirational, sensational 16 hours of Powerhouse Wellness Summit at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Center. September 10 and 11. More information and tickets available at www.thewellnesssummit.com. Now, before you go, Damo, there's a big competition on as of now. Every single person who registers before 11 11.59pm on Sunday, August 14, goes into the draw to win a double pass to the inaugural 2016 Wellness Couch Awards Night. Amazing. You'll join the who's who of the Wellness Couch as we present for the very first time the best new podcast, most popular episode, most popular the host, the best hair, of course, MP, most awkward moment and many more sensational awards at this night of fun and wellness frivolity. But you must enroll, folks, by August 14. Tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again to Mum's The Word. I'm your hostess, Kaz Jaff, as the intro said. And this week, we've got a lovely interview uh, with, uh, well, also an Optimum. But Lisa is uh, also one of our listeners from uh, overseas in the USA. And she's also uh, bringing to you such amazing insights. She's a mum of five, as you'll hear, and you'll hear some of her birth stories. But what you also see is that she's got the insight and the wisdom, not only from her years, but also from her experiences. And I I left um, feeling super hopeful after this interview just about um, all the overwhelm that we face these days as a mum and I too feel it myself. You can imagine hosting a podcast and being chiropractor and and being a mum and I guess all the other hats that I wear. I too feel the struggles and the overwhelm that you feel. So it's lovely to have some strategies and, um, and it's also nice to know that we're all not doing it on our own. One of my other reasons for doing this podcast as well so that we can feel part of a community and uh, as they say it takes a village to raise a child so here's a little bit a little bit about Lisa she's a mother of five and she's widely known for her passion dedication and commitment to supporting the expression of potential she is famous for inspiring patients especially mothers with nearly three decades of service in the chiropractic profession integrity congruence and inside-out health is her first language in turn she has created a safe effective and reflecting coaching model for mothers without the judgment comparison and crippling overwhelm that often inhibits change for families that word comes up a lot overwhelm and it's um it's something that uh, i imagine we're all face and here are some strategies and uh, i invite you to enjoy the episode and share it around with your with your fellow mums that you know okay enjoy lisa welcome to the show i'm so happy to have you on all the way from the usa please tell us about yourself Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to have the the opportunity to be with you. Um, 
what to start. I'm a mother of five, and they range in ages from almost 32 to the youngest just turned nine a week and a half ago. Uh, so I've spread mine out over a long period of time, and I am also a wife, and I work in a chiropractic office for almost three decades now, and uh, about three years ago, became a certified health coach, and that uh, that will be part of the story that I'll I'll share more detail of in a bit. But the the general synopsis is that I'm I'm a wife and a mother and a chiropractic assistant and a coach um, that is just on a journey to learn so much through this this thing of motherhood. Nothing has taught me more. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I admire that you spaced them out so well. So well done there. Um, so tell us about the work um, that you're doing and what got you into it. And just, yeah, share your story with us. Okay. The I, I quite honestly did not mean to start a coaching company. Um, my work, it, the company is named Optimom Coaching. And I was writing a book for chiropractors, uh, a a manual of sorts that would be a template because I'm very, very uh, empowered through the profession and want to be able to contribute and give back and, you know, absolutely want to support the expression of the profession to its fullest. And I, when I was going to be writing the book or I tried to get some credentials that would give me a little bit more credit, uh, credibility. Mm-hmm. And so becoming a certified health coach, I thought would be a, you know, some, some validity to the name, you know, not, uh, there's not a DC behind my name. So, you know, why should they listen to me kind of thing? And I two classes in to the, the course, it was very clear. One of the loudest sort of commands that I've heard, um, from innate, from my divine leader, that uh, I would be running a coaching company and that this work is my next step. And I balked at it and resisted for a quick moment because, you know, when we get information and we're told, you know, given the nudge to do something, if it's change and requires much work, then we often resist it. And, And I sort of looked at my watch and my calendar and looked up at God and said, no, I really don't have time right now. You know, I have five children and I'm running a practice and I'm, you know, involved at the school and I have a lot of things on my plate, but thanks. That was a great idea. I appreciate the, uh, (laughs) the, (laughs) you know, the confidence in me to, to start a business right now. And, um, and as I, you know, resisted, I sort of the response was, well, sorry, but this is what you're doing. And, and I've argued with God enough times, you know, we, we live long enough and we, we do, we, you know, when there's things that are coming our way and we say, no, no, no. Um, you know, and, and if you want to argue with God, it's fine, but you'll never win. And, and I realized that and I sort of surrendered and submitted and said, okay, fine. So, so what's it called? And I sort of tapped my foot and rolled my eyes like a teenager. And, and, you know, the answer was, it's called optimum coaching. And in that I, thought, wow, quite clever. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So tell me more. I'll, I'll bite. And so this, this picture was little by little by little revealed and, um, and it launched into a coaching company that supports moms in connecting to a vision of their well-being. Um, because 
we are bombarded from so many different angles in so many different ways and mediums that uh, of what we should look like and how we should behave and what we should be doing. And more often than not, I find moms that can tell us, tell me what, what the best version of them should be based on other people's pictures. Um, and so this helps to give them a, a picture of who their best self is, not compared to somebody else, not what their mother says or their sister says or their neighbor or even their chiropractor, but um, really helping them to develop a picture of who they are at their best and then some strategies to begin to experience that more. Um, through, you know, life experiences, we know that when we're functioning at our best, um, you know, we show up in healthier ways for not just our own experience to be more healthy and joyful, but, but also, you know, the people that experience life with us uh, have the opportunity to uh, have that inspiration or that reflection or that level of engagement. Um, if moms and, and many moms do find themselves struggling um, with either unhealthy behaviors or thoughts or situations, then their children are, are not given all that they could have from that mother. Um, so my work helps moms to strategize and develop skills and resources to, to begin to make choices that are more congruent with her picture. Um, and in the same sort of philosophy in chiropractic, it, you know, there's, if there's a distortion or a disruption to that, that innate potential, that, that inborn picture of, of health, um, then there's going to be less health expressed. Um, and in, uh, Dr. Ohm's interview that you did, I don't recall which number it was, but I know that, uh, she's somebody who you've connected with and she's one of my heroes as well for all of the amazing work that's being done through the ICPA. And, um, you know, she so eloquently went back to the life expresses intelligence, you know, and, and we each have that in us. Um, and what it looks like in you is different than what it looks like in me and is different than what it looks like in my sister or my own mother or my daughter who is now a mother. Um, and for women to connect to that is vitally important uh, for them to be able to grow that and foster that for their children. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said something there. I mean, there's so much, there's, there's so much on our plate these days and mm -hmm. um, it is hard to keep up and, and you're trying to keep up with your own version of what you expected you would be like, as well as what other people expect of you too. So I can imagine it's a big challenge for people to let go of, um, yeah, that image of what they thought they would be like. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And a lot of women, when I ask them in, in the very first sessions, we, we build that picture. It's, we say, I say that we're, we define and refine it, you know, quite over and over and again at the beginning, just to, to really get clear. And, um, there's a, Often there's women who will say, well, I can tell you what she doesn't sound like, the best version of me. She doesn't sound like this or she doesn't look like this or these are the things that she doesn't do um, because it's so easy to identify and find, you know, crit 
critic ourselves, critique ourselves, and, and find faults and in, in the ways that we're lacking, um, versus ha- developing a picture of what it is that we aspire to, um, and, and being able to engage with it realistically, and to be able to see and be grateful for, identify what we have. I've I found with both myself and, and many of the women I've worked with over the last decades um, that we often have what we're looking for. We just don't know it. We don't. We haven't framed what we have in a way that we can receive things as gifts. Um, I've got a, a neat story of an example of that. If that's helpful. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's easy for other people to see how well we're doing much easier than for us to give ourselves credit for, you know. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'd love you to share the story. Yeah, there's uh, there have so many. I they um I I've only been a certified health coach for 3 years, but realized once I started doing this that I've I've quite frankly been tying patient choices to their values in the practice, like I said for for almost 3 decades now and then uh was also working with a group of moms, started a mom's group about 12 years ago and, and have grown it now to, I've re- been released to release it. There's a team of women who have are in charge of it now, but, um, you know, was able to minister to a number of women and it's over 200 ladies at this point. And it's a lots of experience with moms, but the, the, the story that's coming to mind now is a, as a woman in her best picture of herself, one of the things that she described was, wanting to be feel respected by her sons and she had several she had four boys all of the under the ages of eight and uh, was homeschooling and wanted to feel respected by her sons and her husband and, and that was one of the big picture you know descriptions and and in my work we shrink things we take the big picture and then we you know that's sort of what you aspire to but that's like what's at the top of the staircase but if you if you shrink it back and go okay just this next level up just three months from now what would be amazing and then in in that first session we shrink it back dial it back even further into just the present and and you know prioritizing and making choices to actions and and her her item that she her goal her action item for that week was just going to be to simply have two cups of tea um you know so in her big picture shrinking all the way back to just this next week between that's first session and her second session, two cups of tea. And, you know, first we ask, you know, do you have tea in the house? Right. What is this? What are really the steps? Maybe that's the step is that you go buy tea. And she says, no, I have tea. So she has her tea and, you know, we, we go on with our coaching for a little while. And then I say to her a few weeks later, how's your tea drinking going, by the way? She says, oh, I have my tea every day. And, and if the boys see me sitting down for my cup of tea, they say, oh, mama, you're having your tea. We'll come back. And I asked her if she recognized that that was respect. And she hadn't. And with that reflection was able to say, oh, I do have this thing, this uh, this thing I've been longing for. You know, instead of feeling like she had it, there was a gap, you know, and and so I feel very fortunate to be given the opportunity to step into um, a woman's heart for what it is that she's looking for and help her create opportunities to experience it and see that she's experiencing it. 
Definitely. I'm sure that there's um, a lot of your own wisdom from your own mothering that you draw from, but there must have been a point where you sort of went from, um, I mean, obviously you're coaching yourself all the time with the principles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't mm-hmm. be too easy to be, <laughs> no. can't be, too easy to be a coach for mums, that's for sure, when you're, you're doing it yourself. But there must have been a time where you could put yourself more in the place of the shoes of your clients than, than what you do now um, as, as being the coach. And where was yeah. that shift? Uh, I'd say that I am still very much trying to be my own version of an optimal mother. And I, I still work very much uh, daily, you know, do a check-in to the various areas and aspects of, you know, what my intentions are and what I aspire to. And so I do do a lot of self-work and then also have coach myself. So I'm, you know, I haven't like arrived. <laughs> um, and each each season with each kid has brought its own set of challenges. Uh, there was a a, a remarkable time when my, my oldest and my third, they were respectively 18 and two boys, uh, and declaring that they, they could do it. Me do it. I got it, mom, you know, like both of yes. them at the same time, yes. a two year old and an 18 year old at, oh, at yeah. other, you know, opposite ends. And, and very clearly neither one were able, <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but allowing them the, the space and beginning to really trust their process um, and trust their own. They have a wisdom and innate design on their heart, their lives, their passions as well. And, and how to, you know, best support that and foster that for them. Um, It was, it really was sort of an in my face surrender uh, to being, more accountable to that in my own life. Um, and I think that when I was a very young mom, the first, the first two children were born when I was a teenager, uh, both, both hospital births. Uh, and I had severed my relationship with my family because I, the choices that I made. And, um, in fact, um, with my first child's, I, I my mother's a midwife and so I, I knew all about childbirth and I was raised completely comfortable no fear um about birth itself other than it really looks hard and you know I didn't question whether or not I'd be able to do it I just questioned you know what it would be like that unknown fear of the unknown but not not whether or not it was safe or right or you know all of that and I in that birth experience, you know, was challenged with, you know, well, honey, don't you want something? And they, I thought they were offering me like an iced tea or something, not, not drugs. That wasn't on my radar. And, and then with the second child, that birth was, it was for my first daughter, um, who's now a mother herself. And ha- having a daughter placed in my arms challenged me in a way that I wasn't prepared I, because I was already a mom I, I didn't expect to be my world to be rocked the same way that it was um, with a different kind of responsibility to have a daughter um, I wasn't too worried about raising a son I figured you know how hard could that be um, but raising a daughter for some reason because I think I was so challenged myself and I, I challenged my mother so much um, whether or not I would be up for that or able 
It's so interesting to hear that you that that was different for you because my my first child's a girl. So I think that whole feeling about I have a child is mixed mm. in with that I have a daughter. So there was no differentiation mm. of of that mm-hmm. you know, of that responsibility, like you say. Um, mm-hmm. I think I was more in shock that I had a boy second time because everyone had told me that I was having a girl and I'm from a very all-girls type family and, and mm. extended families all girls so I think I was just in shock generally that there was a boy there but it's interesting to hear of that um yeah of that feeling you had second time around that it was so different for you in terms of it being a daughter mm-hmm. and the responsibility that that brings yeah mm. I think I think it, there was no less responsibility with my son I took that very, very seriously. It was more the, uh, the she would be watching me closer. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I know it was what more. You mean. They're very yeah. different beings, aren't they, boys and girls? Yeah, you know that they're, they're yeah. much more simple creatures. Um, you know, and we're being very general here. I know we both are, but um, yeah, you know, from my only one of each experience versus yours, probably maybe two of each and plus more. Um, yeah. Yeah, they are very different creatures and um, yeah. they're a bit more simple, you know, feed me and make sure I'm dry and warm and, you know, um, versus the, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, there's, it. it's it's a complicated process, all of <laughs> both sets, it's just it's different kinds, different mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. They're all different and they each come with their own lessons to teach me. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. what the type? What are the types of mums that um, generally come to you? I mean, and where are they in their journey? Yeah, yeah, they're uh, various ages. Most I, I've had it likened to the work that a doula does with a, a mom in labor. Um, I do that with a mom raising children. Yeah. You know, so my it sometimes it depends on when a mom hits the wall that says I'm not caring for myself like I need to be to be the best person I can be for for my children. And uh, if a mom, you know, starts and stops and starts and stops, then oftentimes coach work can help get through those stopping phases uh, to where you can really get the momentum going. I often liken it to, you know, getting when you set off just, you know, simple tasks like you were going to go wash the dishes, rarely do you walk into the kitchen and that's all you do. No, you're picking up toys on your way and yeah. putting things May in the May sweep the floor, yeah. yeah, wipe the counters, tidy up a pile, you know, there's something else. There's other things that happen. So with coach work, you when you create that great big picture and you prioritize and you pull out just one segment – and then shrink it back into where you have a, a goal or an action that you're going to be held accountable to that coach for that next week. That one thing isn't going to be the only step you take. You know, it's sort of that, that an object of motion tends to stay in motion. You know, once you, once you begin to connect with that, those desires and that picture and that vision, then you become more mindful and aware of the choices that you're making and whether or not they support that picture that you're trying to create. Um, and then the reflection is to, to be able to leverage and learn from the experiences on a week to week basis and reframe those experiences. Not, you know, let's say if somebody set out to do a particular thing that week and, and it didn't quite go the way they thought it would. We just talk about the way that it did go and, and we pull wins from that so that, uh, so that it can be reframed to, to still be a good, 
deposit in their power account. You know, your kids know when you're weak and when you're and you're not functioning at your at your best. You know it. And uh, what what has to happen for you to show up with your A game and, and have confidence and, you know, some certainty about things. Um, and that helps for you to feel, you know, that that trust in in your day and, and more importantly, maybe um, it helps your kids to feel safe. Yeah. Do you think this um, growing world of coaching, I mean, it seems from what I see around me, it's, I mean, it's, it's really, really growing. Is it because life is just more challenging for us or you think it's because we're a bit more open about asking for help or what do you see that, I mean, I know there's a need, but I don't know yeah. if the need is new. I don't know if that's, um, yeah. I do, I do think that there's, the world has become so fast paced yeah. and it's, uh, I think we've, we've watched our culture become very disconnected in so many ways from our needs in the moment to moment and that we find so many in crises. Um, and that's when, you know, sort of the, the alarms go off and we go, Oh my gosh, I need help. And, and we're already in crises, but, but with an awareness that, you know, we were starting to see an increase in the positive psychology movement and mindfulness training and the wellness approaches to slow down and, and, and take more precaution to give attention and invest in making things work from the beginning rather than wait for crises. And, and so I think there's a shift in that, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, birth has been sort of an analogy. Pregnancy and birth has been an analogy that I've drawn from in parenting. And then once you've got that language to be able to connect it with moms to say, you know, it's hard and then you have a rest and it's like a contraction, you know, um, or a wave, depending on the language that you speak, right? And, and, and we're, if we can slow down and be reflective, we, we are able to show back up, you know, more renewed and functioning better. And I think that that understanding is becoming, um, more accepted and that we're not just, I think people are beginning to acknowledge and realize the cost of not doing that. Yeah, yeah, and it would be nice to know that they took action before the crisis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and are there any are there any cases where, the let's say, the partner has said, you need this and I'm doing it for you, or is it more that someone has to really, you know, come to that realisation themselves to be fully engaged? Um, I'd say that there's there's a lot of, a lot of partners that that's where a lot of people get their reflection, right? I mean, those, the close relationships where people will identify and see things, you know, sometimes we're so far in, you know, whether it's like a, a hole that we're in that we can't quite see how far down we are, you know, um, and take somebody else sort of looking in to, to acknowledge it. And we go, Oh wow. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't even noticed. Um, because I'm, I'm so far in and, Whereas other times, you know, people will jump in with you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and say, oh, this is terrible. Let's get out of here, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so 
So sometimes it's the, the people we're in relationship with that can really help identify, um, you know, that we could use some help and some support. And, and sometimes those people are too close. Um, like I said, the, a lot of the clients, a lot of my clients are women who are, um, are, they just need that reflective partner, but not somebody that they're living with or that they are trying to do life with necessarily. Um, different in therapy than coaching. You know, therapy, you spend a little bit more time unpacking the past, whereas in coaching, you're really looking at what it is that you're wanting to create. Oh, that's a really nice, clear distinction. Yeah. 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 Thanks. And just before we move on to some of the mums, the word sort of um, questions that I often ask, I'd love to hear you share a little bit about um, the five different births. I mean, you just mentioned the first two were, were natural. How did the, how did the rest go? And, and did you change your ways that you wanted to birth as you went along? Um, the births were all very, very different. Uh, each, each of them, like I said, brought their own lessons. The, the first, I was very young and in a hospital in Tennessee, um, and very accepting of, you know, what, what was. However, he was, he was quick and I didn't have, I didn't tune in and participate as much, largely because the, the OBGYN, you know, he did an episiotomy and I tore very badly and, and, you know, fine recovery. I got my child and it was a beautiful experience and I was able to put words or experiences with words that I had heard when my mom was in school in midwifery, in her midwifery program at Emory. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, the ring of fire. That's what that is. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, no, how, how lucky you had that insight from having, I don't know what's better to not know or to know, but, uh, right. you know, having, you know, it's, it's good that it's mentioned here for those mums, uh, you know, about to give birth that there is something that they need to look, maybe research or know about that will happen because, you know, yeah. better than going in blind. But I th- yeah, it's a double edged yeah. sword having a mum as a midwife, probably. Yeah. No, it was wonderful, wonderful. I'd watched her birth. Um, she had her, she had, uh, my sister at home before my son was born and um yeah I felt very very fortunate to have that background and and it helped to to give me confidence and you know like I said there wasn't a, a fear and the drugs were not on my radar and and then with my second baby I was living overseas uh she was born in Germany and it was military hospital and I, I don't even know the doctor's name that delivered her um and my now ex-husband but my husband of 10 years at that uh came in with a newspaper that was freshly printed and I sent him away and said, you go read your paper. And, and it was me, my baby and my God, you know, it was just, it was a beautiful birth experience. I was confident in the process at that point. Um, it was familiar because it was only three years later. Uh, it was, I felt very, very fortunate to, to be a mom and to be participating with the process fully. And so I, I felt more engaged and, and no, there's no fear of the unknown. Um, and if we fast forward 13 years later, um, remarried and re- reconnected to my family. And in fact, my stepfather is the chiropractor I've worked for for the last 28 years. Oh, wow. uh, and my, so I'm very, you know, very involved with family and interviewed uh, a home birth midwife who, who asked me why I was looking at home birth. And I said, well, I really just don't want to tear. And she said, oh, I hate to sew. Um, so <laughs> I said, you're hired. <laughs> um, and she is actually a friend of my mom's. Uh, they worked they worked in the hospital together, you know, 
many, many years prior. But um, And so my third child was born at home, uh, weighing in at 914, and there were more teenagers in the house than there were adults. Um, and that was a, a fascinating experience to to sit back on. And, and he was born two true knots in his cord, and one of them was a double. Um, it helped to really bring that confidence of divine design, you know, and, you know, hospital or home either that if there had been a, an issue with the cord, you know, if it had knotted tight, it, it just, you just don't know all the intricacies, you know, and a level of trust in that is paramount, I think, to being able to participate most fully and engage with a level of surrender to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth birth, I that pregnancy, I was di- uh, diagnosed with a previa. The home birth midwife said, oh, my goodness, measuring very, very high. We either have twins or, you know, I'd like to send you for an ultrasound. So first ultrasound, I went to her backup doctor who diagnosed a preview full across the the cervix. And so my, my home birth, you know, natural delivery was going to be not an option. Um, if it didn't migrate, the placenta didn't migrate up the wall of the uterus and a trip to Paris with my then teenage daughter was going to also be uh, have to, yeah. yeah, and so I, I had to pull over on the side of the road, leaving that appointment after the diagnosis, and and essentially repent, um, because I had taken credit for my births, and and while I do take, I'm very proud and I'm very empowered through the experience. I'm empowered through the participation, and I'm honored to have had the opportunity to participate um and i see i began to see gift as uh, see labor and the process of birth as much more of a gift than something i did and uh and that was a real shift and a, and so that baby the, the placenta did migrate and and when i went back for the follow-up you know the backup doctor said well tell Debbie, my midwife, hello, and have fun in Paris. Bring me some soap. <laughs> and he, he released me on my way. And um, and that baby was a, a 10-7 baby. He loves the, the fact that he can claim being the biggest. And I birthed him hands and knees. Um, but my hands were, were open-palmed, and they were up and, and very, just very surrendered and very – very grateful. It's been a very spiritual journey for me with my births. And uh, and so he was born hands and knees and one of the most beautiful birth experiences I've had. Uh, and then the, the fifth one was a surprise, a, a brilliant, beautiful surprise baby that arrived in just over an hour. Um, and I felt like a freight train, you know, just came through. And uh, both my first and my last were very fast births, and my middle one was very long and hard. Um, and number two and and four were were just incredibly easy for the amount of uh, work that went into them, and very private work that went into them. You know, 
Thanks for sharing. Um, I'm sure you have many, but could you share with us a quote or affirmation that you use, maybe in your mothering or just in general uh, life? Yeah. I, my father-in-law uh, said to me at one point when his he, we both had teenagers, um, and he said that if I had to do it over again, I would just make different mistakes. And um, and there's so much freedom in that and so much grace in that. And we're not perfect. And, and there's another quote that's something along the lines of, you know, it's there's no way to be a perfect mother, but many, many ways to be a good one. And we would we would just make a different mistake. You know, we we get a lot right. And to pay attention to what we're doing well and you know learn to uh leverage that and really use that is the is i think one of the most powerful things that we can do for ourselves and for our children um the other thing is just to remember that we're not alone yeah yeah that's sort of one of my inspirations for doing this podcast in general so that people can feel connected wherever they are if they're remote or just don't have people around them going through what they're going so thanks for that and yeah. I'm sure you have something that you could share with us after what you just said about not being perfect and making different mistakes at time that you struggled, whether it was um, personally or professionally, and, and tell us what you learned and, and how did you go about, um, yeah, getting through the struggle. Yeah, there was a one mom that I I used to read um, while she was while she was walking with her daughter through uh, leukemia and she would post her Bible studies and she quoted to about the, the vine and the vine dresser. And, you know, and so she wanted to learn about how do you really grow grapes? And, and one of the things was that you have to use really good manure. And so I began to reframe and look at all of the crap, you know, I don't know if do you H blank blank T. <laughs> um, We've had people yeah. drop um, drop swear words on this podcast already, so okay. you don't you don't take so, the fame yeah, claim so of dropping be, the first swear word, but yeah, crap. I yeah, get it, yeah, yeah. So sort of be really thankful for my shit and and just go, okay, it's stinky and messy, and I can how I've had to really embrace my mess and and recognize that it's good fertilizer and. <laughs> In it's order great, for me to grow, Thank you. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, for me to bear good fruit, you know, is to, to use this and, you know, have it be, be used in a way for good. And, and I've, I have a lot of crap and, you know, I feel like this is the, by working with other women and, and walking with other women, both in my crap and in my struggles, as well as, you know, helping to, give them turn their crap into fertilizer you know uh it my vision of is the well world and so for me is is to be able to recognize that it can all be used for good and for us to just stay curious about you know how our experiences can fertilize our stories yeah yeah nice and they usually make things smell rosier at the end is that right yeah yeah. <laughs> nice. And um well what drives you to do what you do, Lisa? I I really hold a vision of a well world, you know. I I love the idea of kingdom come already, you know. Just 
for us to be living in our divine design and just expressing the potential that's placed in each of us. Um, and I credit that largely to, to the foundation that was, you know, laid in me through the exposure to very, uh, clear, committed chiropractors, you know, back 25, 30 years ago almost. Um, and then also just, uh, like I said, it's been a very spiritual journey for me, uh, getting to know my God and my relationship and, you know, how I can facilitate that in my own walk, my own life. Yeah. And and so just a picture of a well world and, and want to do my part in helping to facilitate that process for others. Yeah, I love that. And what would you tell yourself, um, that teenage pregnant uh, uh, mm. <laughs> What would you you tell yourself now with the wisdom that you have? To really pay attention and be curious about what I was learning and to be able to ask for help. Yeah. 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 And what was the best advice that you've ever received? I think the one I have to do. Yeah. 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 That, that is the, I think the, it really highlights everything for me is just that grace that's needed for myself and others. Um, and to be able to extend that uh, is is probably one of the most powerful, you know, just perspectives to maintain. Yeah, no, there's a lot of wisdom in that, that's for sure. And yeah. um, and and could you share with the listeners some of the, um, I guess, the invaluable resources that have helped you uh, upon your um, upon your journey? You've mentioned the ICPA that must have helped you in your chiropractic journey, but what about maybe in the mothering or parenting uh, uh, journey? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot I, right now. I'm, I'm I like to recommend Brene Brown's work a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's she's just done an amazing job of giving words to I think a lot of the processes that are beginning to be uh, recognized as you know critically valuable for transformation in people. Um, and then, of course, in the, the birthing world, Dina May is, you know, key uh, to be able to look at her work. And yeah, there's just, um, I'd say on a personal level, the I read a book, and, I, and I'm rereading it now. It's called Simple Abundance, and it's just a daily read, and it's a nice connection to just con- the abundance that we have in our daily walk. Um, it's not a devotional you know, so to speak, it's, it connects on everything from, you know, caring for our home and our bodies and our, you know, connecting to the love of food and, you know, just, it, just a, a nice, a nice reminder of gentle little things that we can do to transform our perceptions. And who's that one by? Sarah Bon Brethnack. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you so that you can include it in the show notes. Great. And then now, of course, I'd love you to share how we can find out more about getting in touch with you and about your services. And, and I know I know you're quite active. So, yeah, if you could share with the listeners um, how they yeah. can find out more. Yeah. The, the best thing, of course, is just direct to the website, optimomcoaching.com, O-P-T-I-M-O-M, coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. Dot com. Um, there is also a Facebook page, and uh, I'm on LinkedIn as Lisa Engel, uh, E-N-G-L-E. Uh, 
you can all of the social media links are on the website so you can follow in whatever capacity yeah. um, I will say that Facebook I'm, I'm probably most active there and LinkedIn Twitter um, and I do a free group coaching call once a month uh, that can be registered for from the website it, the days and times vary I try to make it you know different different days different times so that you know people in different parts of the world can uh, can access it uh, all my work is by phone um, I do we'll do group settings uh, in person if they're not too far um, or if people want to pay for travel but uh, the private work is primarily all by phone um, not even video which it's kind of nice to be able to just let a mom be you know not feel like she's being looked at and watched but really to be able to be in with her own thoughts and I get to serve more as a mirror um, so that it's herself that she's spending time with more than with me yeah yeah and do, do they I mean have homework I guess and things like that there's a, a goal or an action item or an intention, you know, depending on the language that they speak and what resonates, you know, what I, I try to be matching their words um, so that it's something that is uh, really resonating with them. We, It's very important that we're not telling people what to do. You know, I, as a coach, anyways, there are, there's a time and a place that we're, it's, that's valuable to be the expert in telling people what to do. My role, however, is not to be the person that's telling people what to do, but rather helping them to draw that conclusion um, so that it really is a deposit into their bank account, their power account of confidence that they are the person that can be empowered through this. You know, it's that wisdom is really coming from within. My My role is to really hold that space for them to connect to it more fully and help them see that they're doing it understand understand i'm so grateful for your time um for making it work with the different time zones as well thank you so much mm -hmm. and your gentle voice i could listen to it for a very long time and um i i do feel more connected i don't know whether it's uh the pace of uh that you speak at it's a little bit more yeah connected and slow and gentle but I'm also feeling a lot more hopeful for mums, you know, hearing from the wisdom of someone who's now a grandmother and I guess you've been around for a long time in the birth world and even before mm -hmm. you were a mother yourself with a midwife. I'm, I feel more hopeful for mums and, um, yeah, thank you so much for giving back. It's been a joy having you on and, uh, yeah, I'm grateful that you're a listener as well. That's um, I am. <laughs> that's also, <laughs> also nice to know that um, we're reaching far and wide and, um, yeah, I hope that that continues to do so and that the listeners take on your message as well. So thanks, Lisa. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm very grateful for your work and what you're doing. I, You know, my one of the quotes that I should mention is the BJ Palmer that you never know how far reaching something you say, think or do today affects the lives of millions tomorrow. And, and I really do think that the ripple of, that you're creating is, is going to, to reach very far. You know, we, we won't know how far. Thank you so much. You touched me with that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I can't wait till we can meet in person again. And now this time we actually know who we are. That was... Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. who knew that in Washington that we'd actually end up on a podcast together as well. So, yeah, um, yeah. enjoy your evening. Thank you so much. You. And I can't wait for the feedback on this episode. Yeah, I appreciate it. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.